Jack, how's it feel, buddy? <laughs> oh man, I'm I'm at a loss for words, honestly. Lost for words? Lost for words, even though we had a lot of words. I was gonna in this say podcast. you just talked for an hour and a half, so you can't be that out of I, I I got them all out on the podcast. I like think I, I think I got what I needed to say out. So um this was a good one for sure. This is a great podcast from top to bottom. I enjoyed every second of it. Uh we quickly went over game five and how everything wrapped up in Atlanta. And then our guests this week are Dallas Allen and Grant Miller. So we got an eagle on the pod as well as a magic on the pod. Magic player on the pod. And uh, talking about everything World Series related 2023 season. Reflecting, looking towards the future a little bit. Um, comment of the week, of course. Jack gave some special thanks at the end, which I really enjoyed. And uh, besides that, we uh, Jack battled the bat in the cave for a second there. Oh, yeah. Hopefully that didn't make hopefully it that in. Hopefully that didn't make it in. <laughs> he cramped up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this was, oh, wow. We Yeah, this is electric. This electric is an electric pod. podcast. Electric pod. And this is the Pipe It Up podcast. And cue the intro. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Pipe It Up podcast, the official podcast of MLW Wiffle Ball. And to my left is your 2023 World Series champion, Jack Agner. Jack, from me to you, from one champ to another, congratulations. Awkward shake, but worth it. Thank you, Tom. I uh, really appreciate it. You know, the, the Pipe It Up podcast studio has come a long way, but it, it was missing something. It was. It was missing something. Um, so for at least one more year, uh, we will have <laughs> this fine piece of hardware added to the stew. We will. We're going to hang it up for Jack, uh, probably somewhere behind you. It's clearly on your side because you deserve it. You earned it. Uh, we got the trophy. We got the wand. I just got to ask, how's it feel eight years later? You've been here a long time. Uh, how's it feel to hold the trophy and call it your own? Oh, man. It was uh, to do it at, to do it the way we did, um, the way we battled and fought in that venue uh, with that, that group of guys was just so surreal. Um, there were many, many times uh, during my career there have been many many times during my career that i didn't think i would come anywhere close to even sniffing <laughs> this trophy um some of the early days with the preds mm-hmm. man it, it was it was, it was like it was a pipe dream to think i'd ever be playing a world series um and even starting the magic you know we as a new team expansion team um kind of always just been a band of misfits like i've mentioned a few times had a lot of different faces come through the organization and um it 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 feels really good to to have you know like i said just the group of guys that we did it with um was was what made it so special you know everyone contributing um obviously aj with a huge series but really top to bottom our team throughout the entire year you know every person contributed in a different way mm-hmm. and yeah it was it was it was surreal it was awesome yeah when you win what do you think you th- like i know there's probably a lot of thoughts that ran through your head but what do you think about more just like reflecting on the season as a whole or more so like your personal journey in the league and where you've where you've come and how you've grown over those eight years or where the league's gone in those eight years like what are the thoughts initially and when you're taking the pictures of the trophy and you're giving your post game speech where's your mind you know, honestly, um, I th- I feel like it was not as much about 
my journey, um, it, it, it was, it was, you know, it's something that is really awesome to accomplish, like as an individual, but really what hit me was some of what I've already mentioned, where we're standing up there and I came into this league through a relationship with, uh, Alec being one of my good friends and played with him for many, many years. Um, Brennan Russell, obviously being another person that I was really close to when I first got into the league was, was close with, you know, yourself and Kyle as well. Mm -hmm. I would say much, much closer now than when (laughs) I, than when I entered the league, like a lot of guys. Yeah. But what really just made it, what, what really hit me was that I was standing up there with like all these guys that I would just have never met Mm -hmm. ever other than this, in this circumstance, in this opportunity, you know, to my left, I have this 15 year old from Ohio (laughs) that put the team on his back the last three games of the series. And then standing next to another kid that I just met this year who hit three home runs in the world series. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like just go down the list. Trevor, um, only really got to know him a couple of years ago. Curdy, similar thing. And Grant was a new addition this year. So mm-hmm. that was what really hit me was, man, like we're, we're just a bunch of guys from much different backgrounds. And we were able to like put it all together and, and come away with the win at the end of the season. And that, that was what hit me in that moment. That is cool. You guys had that, uh, you had definitely, I think the coolest like dynamic this year. And we talked a lot about chemistry on this podcast over the years and, it was different because you guys truly did come from, besides Trevor and Jordan, mm-hmm. none of you guys are from the same circle at all. No. Like the D-backs chemistry was so good, and we made such a big point of emphasis out of that in the 2021 and 2022 seasons. But those were best friends who you expect to have good chemistry, whether it's in sports or just in life, you know? Whereas you guys, from the jump, just Grant took such a leadership role this year, yourself to your good leader, and it seemed like RJ and everybody kind of just bought into that you know yeah you guys bought into being the team that no one really thought would do much this year potential for sure with getting grant and we thought rj could blossom uh over time but kyle was just down here talking to you a minute ago about how he thought grant would be your ace pitcher this year and hopefully he could carry the team a bit uh when you traded up for him and just it turned out to be so different in terms of how his role changed and really what stuck out to me most about grant was just his leadership yeah beyond even his play yeah i mean that that was one of the major things that I would say made this team so special was the chemistry is one thing. And we've talked about that a lot on this podcast, how important the chemistry is. I think this team made me think a lot about the importance in wiffle ball, but just in sports in general of adaptability Mm -hmm. and being able to adjust, being able to reinvent yourself, morph into different roles, whatever is required for the best interest of the team. Like you said, coming into this season with our draft pick, my mind, and you can go back to our first game of the year, yeah. was that Grant Miller was going to be our stud ace. Trevor's going to be a serviceable number two. And we're going to roll from there. RJ, you know, maybe we'll mix him in a game here or there, <laughs> get him some experience. He probably won't play a whole lot. Uh-huh. And as you can see, it didn't end up like that at all. And you didn't hear any complaints or woe is me from anybody on the team. Um, 
Trevor coming from being someone who was once our ace to now someone who is sort of that reliever guy in the bullpen, the number two arm, he was all for it right Mm -hmm. from the get-go. No complaints from him. Um, Grant Miller, again, like we drafted him to be the face of our franchise, to be the pitcher, to be the leadoff hitter. And first game of the season doesn't go very well for him. We move away from him. God, thanks, Jay. And he, and he didn't bat an eye. Like it was not, oh, you know, I, I, need to, I, I need to be playing more or this isn't like what I came to do. Like, no, it was always about the team from every, every guy on the, every guy in the lineup. Even Jordan and AJ, you know, kind of going back and forth throughout the year in terms of who was filling that, that second spot in the lineup, you know, mm-hmm. when, I mean, you could see it in the film, like AJ has a pretty natural swing compared to Jordan and Jordan played a lot more games, especially early on in the season. You never heard a peep from AJ about that. Mm-hmm. And he showed up to every series and he was supportive every series. He waited for his opportunity. And when he got it, he made it worth, he made it worthwhile. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side, when that happened, Jordan was just as supportive. So that's another thing I think that um, really separated this team is just collectively as a whole, but individually, everybody was so bought in, like you said, to the team. They were willing to do whatever was required of them for the team. So That's cool. And like I mentioned, it's impressive because, number one, it's wiffle ball, right? So like everyone wants to get out there and play. You know, it's like when you're playing dodgeball in gym class and you get out early, you're just like, someone catches, so I can keep playing. Yeah. Like, it's just a fun game. So it's not always easy to tell people to, you know, take a seat, take a step back, your role's changing, whatever, whatever. Um, I've dealt with that, too, when I used to have, like, my friends on the squads back in the 2017, 18, 19 days on the Mallards. Like, it sucks having to, like, make a lineup change or whatever. Maybe it made it easier for you, uh, given the fact that you guys were from so many different backgrounds and circles, but it was just cool to see how it seemed like well-meshed and bought in everybody was as a bystander, just how quick things change, like you said. Um, Of course, I saw a lot of comments about why didn't you draft Grant? Why'd you trade down? I talked about that uh, before the season started on the podcast, but I'm watching that first game and Grant's like, all he has is this straight meatball. I'm like, I told you so, guys. (laughs) And, but of course I knew I had faith Grant would figure it out. Mm-hmm. whether it was at the mound or at the plate, whatever, because Robles got better at overtime too when he came from uh, the more competitive, fast-pitch side of wiffle ball over to MLW. So I, I figured Grant would figure it out, but he just adjusted so quickly, and his role just changed. You guys mm-hmm. didn't have to ask as much of him as I had to uh, for Robles and still do in terms of I need Robles' arm and his bat, mm-hmm. whereas RJ has just uh, really, really from, I think he started playing wiffle ball last year in the summer, mm-hmm. summer of 22, and I don't think he's a baseball guy at all. He's a basketball guy. Yep. But he's just figured it out. He really yeah. has figured it out. It seems like he's born to play this game. And uh, it was just a cool, a fun team to watch from, from top to bottom after losing that first game and getting embarrassed, honestly, it's, which is never fun after a two-and-whatever season last year to now being here was, uh, was exciting. Yeah. A funny story, a little tidbit about that first game. I feel like I might have shared this before on the podcast when we broke down the series, but for the, if I didn't, and for those who maybe didn't listen to that episode, when Grant was struggling so much in that first game, I can't remember if it was during the game or after, but 
I can't remember how the conversation went exactly, but essentially Grant made it known to me that leading up to that series, he had been practicing his pitching from the wrong distance. He had been practicing his pitching from, I think like two feet farther away, maybe, Mm -hmm. or two feet early. Uh, Yeah. I think he was practicing from two feet farther because he kept throwing these sliders that he couldn't really keep down. Like he, Mm -hmm. he was just missing the zone up. So he was, really struggling, like walking people. And then that kind of led to him throwing more of the straight balls because he was just trying to throw strikes. And we were like chuckling about it, you know, after the fact, because he was like, yeah, I was just practicing (laughs) the wrong distance. Well, that's part of being a rookie a little bit. I mean, and something like this, those growing pains have to happen. Mm -hmm, For sure. So, but yeah, great year for the Magic. Um, We will have Dallas Allen join us in a moment to talk about the Eagles and their season. And then we'll have Grant himself on as well. I'm sure we'll hear from more of these guys, too, over the coming weeks. I'll give you guys a breakdown of the upcoming schedule and uh, near the end of this episode. But uh, we can talk Game 5 real quick. I know all you guys probably already saw it, and uh, you have time to reflect on the whole series. But to go through the highlights of it, really, it was AJ, again, AJ and RJ. It was yeah. the two-letter the two names. Yep. Um, AJ homered in that first inning to give you guys a 2-0 lead. You never looked back. And so that was, if you guys didn't realize this, that's back-to-back at-bats for AJ because he ended Game 4 with the walk-off, and then he let off Game 5 with that other home run. So back-to-back at-bats, nearly true. nearly three straight at-bats that he homered. And so he was just so dialed in. And, Jack, this was a part I cut out of the last podcast because it was kind of a spoiler for Game 5. But what had happened was, guys, the part that I cut out was Jack saying how me and him were talking about how good AJ was, and then um, he homered, like, right on cue. Jack thought that was the walk-off in Game 4, but it was actually this home run in Game 5 where right. um, AJ stepped up to the box, and I was next to Jack filming. And I was like, this guy's... Because we hadn't obviously talked too much throughout the day no. in detail, but we had a second there together. And I was like, this guy's kind of a dog, dude. And then <laughs> next pitch, Homer, I'm like, okay, he's really a Certified. Dog. Certified, Certified dog. dog. So that was a funny moment Jack and I shared together. But uh, after that, AJ didn't see much. Dallas got him out with two bananas um, mm-hmm. the rest of the way. Dallas lost his yeah. control a little bit in the second inning. Uh, he did walk in another run to make it 3 nothing magic. And uh, I do want to talk about the third inning a little bit because it got hairy. And I think hairier than people might have realized that weren't there because I was there and I could sense the tension. <laughs> Maybe mm-hmm. you could too. I don't know. But Yeah. Um, when AJ hit that home run, you know, you never want to. This probably isn't a good thing to say, but the feeling when he hit that home run was like, that's that's all we needed because mm-hmm. RJ was just rolling at that point. It's, and, I mean, it's and, okay to say And that. we felt confident that he was going to lock it down and maybe let up a run, but we got two, and then once we got another one in the third, like we were we were feeling good. Yeah. And can I cut you off really quick? Go this ahead, is funny. Yeah. So when we came back down from 2 0 in game five, uh, in the top of the first inning, I think it was, I had a two run shot. Okay. And I felt the same way, like we got this. Like mm-hmm. all the momentum's on our side. We totally got this. And then the bottom of the first, Andy tied it up with a home run of his own. And that was like a gut punch. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh man, they're still fighting. And that made it a lot harder. But continue. Yeah. Funny to hear you say that too. Cause I felt the same way. I was like, we totally got this now. Yeah. We, so we were definitely confident, but I do remember it getting a little hairy there in the um, bottom of the third. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I think AJ and I just kind of looked at, <laughs> to oh. each other on the bench. Just like, is he really doing this right now? Like, well, RJ, yeah, like, I mean, go on, man, just put him away. <laughs> <laughs> well, he got the two outs. Right. You got the two outs. Yeah. So now we're like every pitch, we're ready to go. You know, I got mm-hmm. the I got the scoreboard managers like ready magic champs, like cue it up, have it ready. 
And what scared me was sort of the way it went down because watch the clip back, guys. So it was Zach Whalen up to bat. Or, yeah, no, sorry. It was Landon Urgutis up to bat mm-hmm. with two outs, nobody on. So he could be the last out potentially. And he hit a little dribbler just to RJ's right. And we'd seen RJ sort of ranging all game, getting, I think it was Dallas's ground balls. So that's maybe it was a Zach ground ball, mm-hmm. whatever. RJ shown that he can get to a ball off the mound and make a play, or at least make an attempt at a play. And this one was right there to be made. But I think the nerves of like, oh my God, I feel this hits over. He like really didn't, uh, he didn't make a good effort at it. Like the ball got underneath his hand. He didn't get yeah. low enough. Like I think he got, I think the moment like he realized, oh my God, this is it. And he didn't make the play. It wasn't like an error by any means, but I think there was a play there to be made that he did not make. So I realized this, and me knowing baseball and seeing how errors can affect you throughout the day, I'm like, that might be bad because like that was there for him, and I think he knows it. Even if like not all the Eagles hitters noticed that or you guys in the field noticed right. that, I knew that RJ knew that he could have made that play to end the series right there. Mm-hmm. So then when he walked uh, Zach after the Landon hit to put the tying run up, like it's intense. The fans are yelling and getting chippy a little bit. The Eagles are getting hype. I could tell RJ's sweating out there. I'm like, oh my God. And at this point, just speaking honestly, I was like, this would really suck if RJ blew this. Like it'd be electric if the yeah. Eagles won, but I would feel so bad if RJ blew this now. Just because I've played baseball and making an error stinks and to let that mm-hmm. eat at you, like and cost you a series that you've played well enough for up to one more out. And then to blow it. So I was like, I hope just for his sake. And his family's so nice. I'm like, please, RJ, <laughs> close this out. But if Dallas would have homered, oh my gosh, it would have been one of the most electric moments in the history. Yeah. That would have been that would have that might have been the only thing that would have made this series more chaotic. Yeah, right when you right when you thought you had it figured out as a viewer, it, it chaotic flips is a good on its word head. though. because you guys couldn't tell just of like you kind of got used to this the sound of the white noise, of the crowd noise and whatever. But yeah, that last when Dallas was hitting, and even when Zach was hitting, the crowd was getting antsy. Mm-hmm. The Magic fans wanted to see it end, so it was a lot of pressure, and I was like, this is so intense. <laughs> even the crowd felt when uh, when Landon reached that it was, that was big. You mm-hmm. know, like, they, you could Well, that was new for us. It. We've had yeah. that happen in some of these out-of-state series, but not much on the line. Mm-hmm. So with the, everything on the line and the crowd's, like, right in your ear, it was like, man, this is intense. Yeah. It was cool, but... Credit to RJ, man. That That is such a nerve-wracking spot to be in and um i mean you guys saw it in games you know three through five he like aj was just very locked in very focused um just all the credit to him you know for Mm -hmm. for staying calm cool and collected like he like he's shown all year you know what i mean he's had a couple slow starts in series before and um always able to settle down and bounce back so credit to him so this is the comment i want to make jack and I don't have this in my notes to ask Dallas, but maybe I will bring it up. But um, Dallas, being as good as he is, his approach there in the last at-bat kind of shocked me. You guys saw the whole at-bat. Mm-hmm. So based on what I just told you, you can, you can kind of tell RJ, I thought, was reeling a little bit. Like, I think the pressure was getting to him, and he just needed one more out, and I think it was getting to him as to how hard it was going to be to get that final out now given the situation. So the first pitch of the at-bat, Dallas swung at a ball. Mm-hmm. And if I'm Dallas there and I see RJ out there clearly struggling a little bit to get this last out, I would have been taking 100%. Yeah. 100%. Next pitch, also a ball. Dallas swings again. So he's got himself in an 0-2 hole that he dug himself. So once again, this is just me commenting on it as an analyst. You know, I'm friends with both these guys. I don't wish anything bad upon either one of them. But those are major, major 
handouts for RJ there. Mm-hmm. Major. That shouldn't be looked past. And uh, I bet Dallas wishes he could have those swings back because the rest of the at-bat, so it was swung at ball one, swung at ball two, so now it's 0-2. He then took a pitch, fouled one off, and then he swung at another ball for the strikeout. So yeah. there was a strike thrown there. I think the, the one he fouled off would have hit the zone, but the three recorded strikes, strike one, strike two, strike three, were all outside the zone. Yeah. So I, I to put myself in Dallas's shoes, I think um, it's hard sometimes to not want to be the guy to make oh, the play. 100%. It's hard to... Um, and he, especially when he, he has been, he had a couple of hits in that game five. He was seeing it. Well, he has been their aggressive batter. Um, the, the Eagles, you know, first of all, credit to the Eagles for such an amazing series and amazing season. Um, just a really well-rounded team from top to bottom. I would say that I think Dallas has been at least, you know, from what I saw in that series, but I would say throughout the whole year, one of their more aggressive hitters. You know, mm-hmm. they're very disciplined um, as a group, but he showed in that series that he was going to be aggressive, and it paid off. You know, he had a home run. Um, but yeah, I think just that last at bat, you know, the nerves are the nerves are in him too, just as they they are in exactly. RJ, and exactly. he wants to be the guy. I've been in that situation before where I want to be the guy, and yeah. I'm taking some aggressive swings, so. I feel for him there. Yeah, I do too. Tough spot for both of them. I mean, so much pressure, like I said. Yeah. I'm not I'm not faulting either one of them. Like I said, I'm friends with both of them. I'm just making an observation mm-hmm. as an analyst yeah. has to sometimes. So That would have loaded it up. And yeah. then... Um, would have been Dirty Dan. It would have been Dirty Dan. So just something to think about is all. Mm-hmm. Um, Dallas has joined the Zoom meeting, so we can get him in here in just a moment. A couple notables I wanted to talk about real quick in case you guys were unaware. Yes, this was the first 2-0 comeback and the only 2-0 comeback since the Mallards did it in 2017. So somewhere we got Drew Davis out there smiling. We know he's yeah, smiling somewhere. You're welcome, Drew. You're welcome, Drew. You're welcome. Um, RJ, shout out to both. The, that's the nicest thing I'll ever do for the Cobras, for the record. <laughs> that's so good. We should make a, some Cobras merchandise with like a normal design on the front and the, the back is like Jack like smiling with a mm-hmm. thumbs up. That'd be yeah, funny. You're welcome. Um, all right. Nice favor done by Jack and the Magic for the Cobes. Walgate shutouts in both games four and five, so huge. I mean, absolutely ice in his veins, unbelievable. Massive. Magic hit four home runs in this series, none from Grant Miller. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned in the pregame show and in the game five intro how every every series that Grant Miller had played in this year, he won, first of all, and he had homered in every single one. So I was like, maybe that's the difference in game five. It's going to be a Grant homer, but nope, AJ again. Uh, Miller had a great series, though. He had 385 in the series overall, so still a great showing from him at the dish. He hit some balls hard. Um, AJ, first ever player to win World Series MVP after not starting game one. And, <laughs> That's well, incredible. Well, I wanted to mention this, Jack. I actually, credit to the fan. This was in a comment section I saw, and I made note of it on our, our notes here. Um, guys like AJ and Landon, who are the two big bats in this series, they may not have played in this series last year when it was a three-man lineup. It's true. So... It's very true. Interesting to see that uh, play a huge role in this series, which was a new rule for 2023 requiring teams to bat four guys. So the MVP ended up kind of being that, even though he was your two hitter, I feel like the two spot in your lineup was the one you were rotating throughout the year between Jordan and AJ. Yeah, it was. Um, It seemed like you, Bonham, and Grant were always in there. Yeah, mostly because, um, you know, number one, Grant just feel like why not put your best batter first Mm kind of makes sense. Um, Trevor, just because I think he's the most 
disciplined out of us. And like I've commented before, you know, turns it over back to Grant. Mm -hmm. So the two and three spots, I mean, I feel like you can kind of just swap them interchangeably. I don't know if there's really a good reasoning behind whether to put someone two or three. Jack's not the biggest baseball guy, as we've seen over the podcast, uh, over the podcast history, but no need to justify anything right now, Jack. You're the That's champ. true. Yeah. You don't need to justify a thing. That's so right. I think next year I might just rotate my two hitters too. <laughs> but um, I also wanted to mention that the Eagles offense, so a pretty good offense. We mentioned that this uh, this series, all series long, how they were had a lot of depth. They're known to get on base. They're not a big home run hitting team. So the regular season average was, I believe, 261. And in the NLCS and NLDS combined, they were 281. Those are pretty good averages. And for a team that doesn't hit a lot of home runs, that'll get you by. Mm-hmm. But in this World Series, they only hit 200. So without the home run ball, 200 probably not going to cut it for you. Yeah, um, maybe, maybe not. I, I really think uh, it's, tough to, it's tough to imagine this World Series win without... AJ's performance and yeah, what I mean, what would these games have looked like if it was just sort of back and forth between RJ and Dallas or RJ and Blade mm-hmm. you know we didn't have someone um like AJ to kind of break it open I mean uh I feel like outside of AJ's home runs without the stats in front of me um I don't know if our average was that much, much higher yeah. I don't have it in front of me either I could probably pull it up Jack if you really want me to it's not necessary. How, it's more so just like let's see how podcast producer slash statistician slash podcast host can <laughs> handle this while we're on the air here. Looks like the magic in the play. I can only see playoffs. I can't see all the World Series, so mm. I have to calculate that myself. Unfortunately, I tried. That's okay. But I, I would guess it was around the same. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of the runs early in the series came from the walks, right? And then three, four, and five was more so that one hit. Right. But like I said, Jack, you can get away with that 200 average if the balls you're hitting are going over the fence. That's true. And the yeah. Eagles, unfortunately, didn't have that. They just had the one home run in those last three games from Dallas. Yep. So yep. that was the difference, really, was when you're putting bat on ball, you're putting it over the fence, whereas the Eagles, unfortunately, were not quite so lucky. So outside of that, Jack, congratulations on your first title. It was also Bonham's first title, who's a veteran. Um, everybody's first title on your team, of course, but Curdy. Uh, newer player, and then the two rookies, three rookies, AJ, Grant, and uh, RJ. Mm-hmm. So, good time to be a Magic fan, Magic Nation, definitely growing. And like Grant said, it was a magical year. It was magical. And one to be talked out for, talked about for uh, years to come, I'm sure. I hope so. I hope so. I hope so, too. Can't wait to defend. All right, well, let's switch gears here, Jack. Uh, we do have Dallas Allen with us on the call now. Um, Dallas, thank you for joining us, first of all. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, Tom. Not a problem. Well, this was actually, Jack, I don't know if you knew this, but this was a Dallas Allen request. He actually wanted to be on the show this evening, and we appreciated it. Gladly accepted his offer, or should I say I did on behalf of Jack and myself <laughs> and the Pipe It Up brand. But anyways. Welcome anytime. Um, welcome anytime, Dallas. Anytime you want. Uh, we do have some questions prepared for you about the series and your thoughts on the season overall. But because you did request to be here, was there anything you wanted to say right away, get off your chest before we dive into the quote-unquote interview um to be honest not really i kind of just wanted to go over the series and kind of how we viewed it as like because obviously like people are going to say the eagles blew to a lead oh they they suck whatever blah 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 blah. 
I'm going to go over it and, and give like me and Dan's point of view of what we tried to do to help us win that World Series. And obviously, it, it didn't go our way. But I just kind of wanted to give a background of what happened and what was going through our minds in Atlanta. Okay, cool. I like that. Um, I like a man who's not afraid to talk about it. Yeah. Right? Never yeah. shy away from uh, something you learn from, you know? That's, that's right. That's how you get past it and get improve. That's awesome. So, uh, Dallas, so this should play right into your hand here. Uh, the first thing I have written down is what were your overall thoughts on the series now looking back on it a month later, having the time to reflect? So, yeah, I got to say that, obviously, I want to thank, like, the crowd in Atlanta. It was unreal, the experience that that – all of us had to have, and obviously that's not coming out on top, but, you know, it was just a dream to be playing down there in front of fans with the setup that uh, you and Kyle did for us, so I'm very thankful for that. But um, how the series went, obviously it started great for us, but um, looking back on it, I just want to go through, like, the first couple games just real quick. Obviously games one and two, I go the first game, then Blade struggles, and I come into – and I come in to um, to save Blade in game two, which got to pick each other up. Um, it is what it is. I, I haven't talked to Dan about this, but actually my dad mentioned this to me. He goes, would you ever have thought of going to Blade in game three to start? And I actually hadn't thought about it while we were there because, you know, we had the next game and then we had the break after. and We were kind of just going right from games two to three. So it was kind of just quick on our minds because we always thought I was going to throw with the new ball and later throw with the, with the, uh, with the use ball. So I kind of thought about it for a little bit. And I was like, you know, it wouldn't have been a horrible idea, but honestly, you can't look back on it because if we sweep the magic in three, then we look like geniuses. But mm-hmm. um, that was just one thing I kind of, I kind of took from at least the first three games. Interesting. Okay. I'm going to let that simmer for a week. Maybe I'll comment on that next week. I want to hear fan feedback on that. Should Blade have gone in game three? It's a very interesting... Do you have any initial thoughts on that? I don't really have much. I want to digest that a little bit. Yeah, it is interesting. Um, I think I commented last week on the podcast about how it was pretty obvious, to me at least, that the Eagles were going to go to Blade in game four. Yes. Um, And so I guess if me being your opponent knew that was obvious then maybe maybe throwing blade in game three which i wouldn't have expected would have not been so obvious um potentially could have i guess thrown us for a loop but i think that would have definitely made games four and five a little more interesting i guess i also don't know what the difference is between him pitching in game three or game four. So in, in that situation, I guess they had a two Oh lead. So a pretty nice cushion, right? So if blade, who is their number two arm loses that now you can go back to your ACE with still a two game cushion, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. See, it's an interesting yeah. thing. That's why I, I think about what I, how I feel about that. But I, I feel like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Once again, if it works, you're a genius. If it fails, maybe it backfires. I still think here anyways. Yeah. I still think there is a lot to be said you know, you even mentioned at Dallas how you guys didn't even really think about it. Like, you just went game three because that's what you guys have been doing all year. I think there's something to be said about that. I think also you guys coming out with a 2-0 lead, you shouldn't necessarily, like, change your plan. Like, you, you're you going with what got you there in the first place. And it's you working. Were, you, it's been working. Like, you, you, guys are, you guys made it to the World Series, and now you're up 2-0 in the World Series. Why would you not continue... Um, what you've been been doing. Obviously, hindsight is twenty twenty, and maybe you could have done this, maybe you could have done that. But yeah. I think uh, 
I, I don't think there was anything wrong with you guys sticking with your original plan. So this guy who had a three-run bomb in game two or game three. <laughs> He's like, like yeah. I said, Tom, every <laughs> once in a while, a blind squirrel finds a nut. So that's true. Um, for sure. Very much on that same topic, Dallas, I guess beyond just the blade Dallas game three decision, um, either personally or for the Eagles as a whole, if you and Dan were strategizing together, is there any other specific moments or at-bats, whether you're on the mound or at the plate, you're looking back on as a, a missed opportunity um, where you could have capitalized and made a big impact on the outcome of the series? Um, I mean, right off the top of my head, honestly, no. I think I said a, I said a couple of good things in the interview, but um, one thing I did say was, especially in wiffle ball, it all comes down to hitting, you know. Um if, if balls are flying over the fence, those are runs scored. You know, base hits are good, obviously, because then it can set up for base hits that can drive in runs or even home runs that turn into two run bombs, three run bombs, and grand slams. But you got to put up runs on the board. And I'm pretty sure I said that as well. Um, we went two runs, no runs, no runs on one home run. So in games three to five. And that's when RJ um, decided to find it and he, he liked the two balls that he had in games three, four, and five. And, um, you know, when you got a guy rolling like that and he's feeling confident, it, it's tough to hit a guy like that for sure. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. On that note, Dallas, what what was so different, or I guess what was RJ doing through those games three through five that was giving you guys such a hard time? Um, so um, obviously you guys talked about the game one ball being so difficult, and then obviously going into game two, but. When I was talking to RJ, and he actually talked to me after game one, and he said, Dallas, don't tell me now, but how were you throwing that game one ball? And I told him, I go, to be honest, RJ, I was just throwing it like a normal ball. Like, I actually thought all the balls were the same. Um, but honestly, I think it was a mental game for RJ that he just, like, when he had that game one and two ball in his hand, he just didn't feel confident. And once he got a good ball in his hand, I think his whole mental game changed and he realized, okay, I can do this now. I can go back to my normal form. I think it was more mental for RJ for sure. I've said that a lot on yeah. this show. I agree. Uh, I mean, I could see it within him, you know, just talking to him. I could see that confidence flip. Call it the yips in baseball. Mm-hmm. For sure. Just forget how to throw sometimes. Uh, but RJ, props to him. He kept his head up and... uh he kind of had a feeling. He was so dialed in after that game three, that post-game interview. I want to make a TikTok about that. <laughs> I saw like a Jalen Hurts comeback clip. I'm going to use his inspiration to make like an RJ comeback clip. Um, back to you, Dallas. Sorry to talk about RJ and his glory right now when you're on the phone. Probably it's a little bit of salt on the wound, but you're you're a mature kid. Honestly speaking, knowing that you were up 2-0 and then it went to 2-1 and then 2-2, 
Do you think it was getting a little tense in the Eagles dugout knowing that only the Cobras had ever blown a 2-0 lead and you didn't want to be the team that blew a 2-0 lead? Did that weigh at all in your mind heading into that last game instead of it being more like a game three, let's say, in a postseason NLDS or CS? How different was that? How different was that elimination game prior versus the previous two you played in this year? Oh, well, game five was definitely nerve-wracking. I'm not going to lie. I was a little nervous going out there on the mound for sure, and obviously it showed. Um, I tried a little quick pitch on AJ, and um, you know I was a little upset that that ball went out of the park. So I thought I threw a good pitch on AJ, but you know what? He just turned his hands in. I, I jammed him a little bit, but he was able to power it over the fence. So, you know, it's just some other things to look back on and improve on for next season. But, you know, obviously, yes, game five was very nerve-wracking. You know, it's for the, it's for the championship. It's for all the marbles. We worked all all throughout the season to get to this point. And, you know, it sucks to come up short, but you just got to improve on it. You can't it, – it doesn't change now. So, just got to improve for 2024. Obviously not the the way you guys wanted to end the season, Dallas, but um, that being said, I feel like just from my perspective, the Eagles have come a long way even from last year. I mean, would you say that you're at least happy with the progress that the Eagles made from a year ago? Oh, my, oh yes, for sure. I mean, I, said in the, I remember this from the opening day um, interview. I said, I just want to get to the NLCS this year. Like my first two years, I've I lost the Gators in 21. I lost to the D-backs. D-backs in 2022, yeah. I felt like that was a series we should have won too, but, you know, it's football. ball. The ball can go any way. So, you know, I think I said it. I was like, I just want to make it to the NLCS and the World Series would be more than ideal for sure. So I was just so proud of how we fought through the playoffs and were able to get through the D-backs and the Mallards. And obviously the result was not what we wanted, but. I was very happy, and I hope we can get over the hump next season. Yeah, you guys got to give yourselves a lot of credit. Dallas, you specifically, too, who's the ace of the team, and I know a lot of weight of winning these games does fall on the ace in terms of these playoff series. Um, And bouncing back from last year's postseason debacle there and collapse, for the lack of a better term, and seeing you go out there and beat the back-to-back defending champs and, you know, Jimmy Norp and how good he is as a player, and then seeing you come back and you know beat my squad, which sucked for me, and I was very bummed out, and I was uh, definitely thought that we had the talent to beat you guys, and we didn't. But watching the clips back now as a you know a third party and seeing seeing that ground ball roll past you and go to whoever it was that second there, Dan and Zach, make that play at second base to beat the Mallards and to go to the World Series, and seeing you you know drop to your knees and just how happy you were in that moment because you've accomplished a lot. You know you came into this league three years ago. And you definitely have gotten better each and every year. And of course, this offseason, you totally transformed your body, lost a bunch of weight. And just to see you in that moment, you know, soaking it in, like I'm going to the World Series. And then you and Blade kind of like give each other a little hug. And Blade's like, we're going to Atlanta, baby. That's a cool moment. (laughs) That's a cool moment that you guys will have forever, even though you fell short. Um, No question, I think that you guys deserve to be there and you earned your way there, beating the top two ranked teams in MLW prior to that on the power rankings. Just power rankings, but, you know, Something to say about that, right? Yeah, for sure. I and think- one moment um, I'll never forget it for, for sure from the World Series game two after we um, after I struck out uh, Trevor in that game, we all celebrated a little bit. But Blake, like I think you can see it on the camera, Blake comes over to me and he says, "Thank you, man. I, re- I appreciate it." And he just gave me a big hug. So that's definitely one moment I'll never forget. Just Blade just hugging me, and I'm just saying, "I got you, brother." Like. We can do this, and obviously it didn't happen, but you know what? It is what it is. 
I do, I do think, I know it was a little bit of a, sort of a, a meme at, at times on the channel, but I think there is something to be said about the Eagles battling against really, you know, the rest of the rest of the NL and the fact that I don't think anyone really expected the Eagles to be there on our pre uh, playoff show. None of us picked them to get out of the first round. I think a lot of fans that, you know, especially those that are not Eagles fans did not expect them to get there. And I think that what you guys did, the, the path that you took to get there, um, playing against you guys, it was like, you, you guys have a lot to be proud of this season. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, I, I think you guys, you know, have come a long way as a franchise for sure. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Dallas, real quick here before I let you go, we're going to have Grant on in just a moment, but, uh, if you had to look at one thing or two things you think that you guys could do better next year, either during the regular season or in the playoffs specifically, uh, to get you to that title, the first one of your career, what do you think that is? Um, you know, just keep practicing, keep developing, developing each other, learning different pitches for me, Blade, maybe even Landon, if he comes back to pitching, who knows? Then obviously seeing more pitches, displaying more wiffle ball. You know, the more you play, the better you're going to get. You see those guys, Jordan Robles, Grant Miller, they've been playing for a while, and they're two of the best hitters in the league. So I think the more experience we get, the, the, the better we're going to do. So just get more experience, more practice, and I think we can go over that hump and get a World Series for the, for the Eagles. My perspective on it is much different now. It's cause maybe because I'm older, maybe because I wasn't playing in the series, but um, I definitely have made my fair share of uh, little jabs at Drew and the Cobras over the years for the 2-0 uh, blown lead. But Dallas, I do mean this when I say you guys had a great year. I want to congratulate you on that. And it uh, it did feel different to me. I don't know. It didn't feel like a 2-0 lead that was totally blown. It was just uh, you guys got beaten those last three games, and it is what it is. So congratulations on a great season, and I'm looking forward to seeing I definitely, I definitely agree with that statement, obviously. I think I- I said I go keep going back to the the interview after game five, but you yeah. know when you got a guy that's going and he's confident on the mound, it's it's tough to beat him, especially when he's probably the Cy Young this year and probably the best pitcher in the league. You know if, if he's confident, it's going to be tough, and you just got to hit. That's all it is. So they just beat us fair and square, and hopefully we can get back there next season. Uh, credit to you, Dallas, for coming on the podcast. I I think there's a lot of people that probably wouldn't do this especially after just the way that the the series played out so appreciate that for sure and um i i respect that a lot me too all right dale appreciate it dude thanks again and we'll uh we'll chat soon um, can i uh say one more thing absolutely um any michigan fans on there go blue oh <laughs> <laughs> i had to sneak that in there with two spartan hosts huh <laughs> yep but sorry we'll about see. that <laughs> no problem i think uh the schultz family's heading down to indy this weekend so I, I wish them the best of luck against iowa but all right dallas thank you yeah thanks tom let's see if we can do a smooth transition here into grant miller he is also joined the call grant of course on the opposite side of this series as he connects here uh probably being that was that was cool of dallas to come on You're right. that was, yeah that was awesome um again all the respect all the credit to dallas tough spot to be in um Coming online here and facing the music, just nothing but respect. Yeah, I agree. And there he is. He's got the jersey on, Grant. <laughs> Let's go. Well, it's, it's time to be a Magic fan, so I had to. Had to. Cool, dude. Appreciate it. It is a great time to be a Magic fan. Is this the first time you guys have talked a little bit since uh, since the championship or no? 
outside of just group chats. Yeah, it is. Well, you want to <laughs> you want to address your uh, your man here, Jack? How about it, baby? <laughs> Woo! <laughs> he wands up. Wands up, dude, for sure. Thanks for coming on. Oh, for sure. I I'm excited to be on with the boys, and uh, I mean, I'm still living on a high right now, so it's great. Me too, man. Me too, for sure. Um, I gotta ask. You know, Tommy asked me what it was like to hold that trophy after being in the league for eight years you've only been in the league for one year um how does it feel to accomplish that your first year in the league uh it's obviously a fabulous feeling the thing that i think i enjoy most out of it is is just because you guys struggled so much last year obviously we changed the roster up a lot this year so there's a you know, three new faces, but still to go from worst to first, not many teams in any sport can say that. So uh, I think that's probably the most exciting thing, you know, that I, I like to say. It's kind of like when Matthew Stafford got drafted by the Lions, you know, he wanted to turn it around. He didn't necessarily turn it around when a Super Bowl, but um, it, it's kind of cool how, you know, we collectively just changed the culture. Um, and are moving forward, we're, I think we're we're going to be tough to beat. So time to defend it, right, Jack? Time to defend, baby. Yeah, we really haven't seen that since the Gators, Jack. When the Gators got both Cheatham and Georgie, this multiple draft thing, draft pick thing, might, we might be onto something here. Yeah, to make note of that, but uh, multiple high draft picks, that is. But yeah, because we all thought that we knew Grant you develop into a great player, and we were, we had hopes for RJ and. We, AJ, I guess I didn't have any hopes for, but <laughs> didn't know what to expect. Yeah, wild card, wild card for sure. Um, but what a magical run for the fellas! And yeah, instead of being three, four years down the line, uh, it's happening right now. So props to you guys. A little jealous is not me, but props to you guys. Um, I wanted to ask to Grant with you playing a lot of wiffle ball in your life, and a little bit older than everybody else in the league. Uh, what was your rookie experience like? How did it differ from what you thought it would be? Can you speak on that a little bit? Yeah, I, I think I I knew I was going to enjoy the style that you guys play, but I enjoyed it way more than I thought. And I also thought that hitting would be easier than fast pitch. I, I would honestly say that it, it's really equivalent. Um, you know, I play a lot of fast pitch. Um, and, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's right there for challenge. I, I mean, especially when you got a, a skinny bat in 72 – and you're throwing from such a close distance. So I think I enjoyed that in the difficulty of it. I, I didn't necessarily think it'd be as difficult as it is. Um, and then two, just for like the rookie experience. Um, I mean, how can't you just fall in love with what you guys do in MLW, you know, the views watching the games back on video and it's cool. Cause you play and then, you know, sometimes it's a month down the road before you actually see the video. So you forget things and you get to watch it again and kind of get those feelings all over again. So, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's as good as it gets when it comes to wiffle ball, uh, plain and simple. So it, it, it was excellent. And what was the, uh, you know, Jack with a pretty interesting draft class that draft that Jack had, uh, given that you are, um, you know, significantly older than RJ 10 plus years older than RJ, uh, what was that like? How was that dynamic? You know, you made a joke, I think, in your first mic'd up of the year, like telling your family how, yeah, one of the guys I'm playing with is only 15 years old or whatever. 
what, what was that like for you? Yeah, he, I, I love it. I'm, I'm kind of a, always been somebody who, you know, would like to give back or like to teach. So, I mean, RJ is completely open ears. So um, he takes everything really that our whole team, you know, offers as suggestions and, and just points of um, ways to improve. He takes it wholeheartedly. I, I remember him, this is before I even met him in person, right? He's texting me and he's sending me videos of him swinging and hitting. It's like, ah, how's my swing look? What's my mechanics look? I think he sent the same thing to you, Jack. Um, <laughs> yeah, you definitely so study I, it, more Grant it, swing than Jack swing. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> Make a note of that, buddy. Don't look at Jack swing. <laughs> watch, watch uh, double zero here. Yeah, so I mean, it's just really fun to watch. And then, I mean, RJ is incredible. I mean, that dude arguably is the best pitcher in the league already. And he's 15 and he's just got... He's so cold-blooded. I mean, what he did, bouncing back from game one and then just going games three through five, just shoving. I mean, really, I mean, there's not much we can ultimately give him. He's he's going to dominate no matter what. So just little suggestions on different things. I'm, I'm glad he takes it, but that dude's got all the talent in the world. It's really falls on his shoulders more than anything. Well, I think we, uh, we can both say that we made a lot of very fun um, – memories just really memorable times this season uh what what was your favorite memory just from the world series mother's day is around the corner find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones blue nile has something she'll adore need a fast most items can ship overnight plus enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hmm. From the World Series, I don't know why this stands out so much, but uh, I I just really enjoyed the like after the first two games and was it, was it after the first two games where we went in into the locker room? After three. Had, that, yeah. Oh, it was, was after, three. Yep. Okay, it was okay. So it was after game three then where we all went in that locker room and we're all dog hungry. <laughs> <laughs> we, we got to 6 30 AM. And I guess I, I didn't realize how just long of a day that'd be. I mean, you're only playing 15 innings, but the day just kind of wears on because it's just so long. And then there's breaks um, but I really enjoyed how we went and we ate a bunch of food over lunch and we were talking about like, hey, just how achievable this is if we could win one one more game. Um, so for whatever reason, that moment kind of really sticks on me. It's not even in the field. It's more of a, all of us talking and, and just kind of collectively saying like, hey, this is like very attainable. Like we can do this. We've done this before. Um, and I know a lot of the other guys have mentioned that and just how um, how much belief we had even when we were down 0-2. And I, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think that's why it sticks with me so much. I was going to say the same exact thing. Really? The same exact thing. That's yeah. such a big 
I mean, the mental aspect, I just cannot emphasize enough how important your mentality is when it comes to sports, really just life. Like, mm-hmm. it's unbelievable how much of a fact that plays. Yeah, that was such a memorable moment, like sitting in that locker room, sitting in the locker room at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, eating Jimmy John's and talking shop about how we're going to pull off this comeback from 2-0. And we did it. And I, everything that we talked about in that in that meeting, um, we were able to apply and like stick together and pull it off on the field. And so I agree with you, Grant. All the moments like on the field were really exciting and also memorable. But that specific point in time throughout that whole day stuck out to me because we never really, we never wavered in, in our confidence or our trust and confidence in each other. Um, and yeah, that, that, uh, I'm happy you said that. That's that, cool. that makes, that's cool. Do you have, Grant, I think, go ahead. Oh my gosh, I'm getting, I'm sorry. Oh, hold on. Jack's cramping oh. up here. Oh, yeah, this is good podcast. What's up with whenever Grant is around, there's a cramp involved. Usually it's oh. you, Grant, with the calf cramp. <laughs> oh, Where is it, Jack? You need oh, something? Oh, it's my hamstring. You got water to your left there, oh, man. Oh, gosh. Get some water. Money to take five here. How is this happening? He's, he's not actually just uh, playing with me. To- no, he's actually cramping, <laughs> I think, unless this is all a joke, which if it no, is, I'm it's not, funny. I'm not, I'm not joking. I'm not joking. I'm oh, not that man. smart. I'm not that, that smart. That would have been funny. You need five? Oh, you need no, five? I'm good. I'm good. If you need to take I'm a good. step away, I can keep with <clears throat> the good. interview. You can take a walk. I'm good. All right. All right. We're back. <laughs> good podcasting. <laughs> How did that just happen? First, I literally like moved to my chair and it was just like lock, leg lock. 176 episodes later, we got somebody cramping behind the Oh the my gosh, man. It was a long weekend. It was Apparently, a long weekend. Too, I'm, I'm still... It's re- still the gravy working its way through you, I think. Yeah, man. Oh gosh. Long weekend. Right, will you take a breather over there for a second? Um, Grant, I wanted to ask you. I cut you off, actually. Were you saying something? No, I was just going to say we should have had a video in that locker room or like a camera in that locker room looking at Captain Jack just giving us like a miracle-type speech just to motivate us. That totally didn't happen. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. That's the dream, though. <laughs> I mean, to have cameras everywhere and mics everywhere is totally the dream for this type of thing, you know? So hopefully one day we can get there. You know, I had the night before... I had all these thoughts going through my head, like, if it's this situation, you know, what am I going to say? This situation, what would I say? And then we got into that situation, and I didn't have to say anything what I wanted to say because everyone else in the room was just saying it for me because everyone was already on the same page. And um, that's that's what gave me the confidence going out there is I knew I didn't have to I didn't have to tell these guys anything. They were all they already knew what I was going to say, and they were on the same page. So. That's cool. This is a cool story. I'm not going to lie. This is inspiring me just sitting here talking about it again. (laughs) (laughs) Good stuff. Um, I was going to say, Grant, real quick, um, you mentioned your World Series memory, but let's open up the table a little bit more, open up the floor. Do you have any other favorite memories from this year, your rookie campaign? Favorite memories? Uh, I think the other one that really sticks out to me is St. Louis. That whole series was just awesome. Uh, Just the crowd and the atmosphere there, especially with them being right there. I mean, that was that felt like such a. I forget. Maybe it was like five hundred yeah, fans. Yeah, it was. That, it felt like a thousand because they were like right on top of you, and it filled out the seats really well. Mm-hmm. And they're right there, so that was just awesome. And then their chance. I mean, it was a lot of Cobra chance, but 
that w- it was very memorable. And then me and Jack just powering through after that series. <laughs> oh driving. yeah, you drove home. Yeah, wild. That's a good core memory you guys share together. Yeah, the yeah. Uh, the trip down. Um, I forget how long exactly that drive was, but About the trip eight, down was was all conversation. Um, the trip back was very very quiet. <laughs> you really? That kind of scares me. That was late at night. There was nobody talking. Uh, you guys no, working in shifts it was, or what? It was it was mostly uh, it was mostly just whoever was driving was locking in. Okay, and so you're the rotating. Other, the other person was just trying to get as much rest as they could. Yeah. Okay. Crazy. Jack, that dude, I think drank probably two or three energy drinks, and I remember asking him somewhere in Illinois before Chicago, like, hey, I can take over. Oh, no, I got it, I got it. So we get past Chicago, I wake up, hey, I can take it, I can take it. No, no, I got it, I got it. He, he didn't hand it over until maybe like 45 minutes to where he was dropping me off. Then he <laughs> dropped me off like 5.30 in the morning. And then he, Jack, did you even stop? Did you just keep driving to Detroit? Yeah, no, I just I just got in the car. It, it, well, <laughs> the damage was done at that point. I needed That's to get home. That's crazy. You guys are wild for that. Driving late. Wouldn't, night wouldn't is, recommend for the record. No, I mean, please don't do that. <laughs> I mean, I'm, well, I'm also not a night owl. Like, I'd rather I'd rather get up at 4 a.m. and drive than to like have a full day and then try to drive. Right. I mean? Yeah, I agree. I so agree. tough. I had a tough drive. It was only an hour and a half, and it was tough after the Mark Rober shoot this year. I'll never forget that one. I was like, oh my god, please! Like, the well, mi- the minutes are going by so slow. I can't imagine a 5 a.m. Had I will. Just been- I will say when the series ended. Um, because before Grant and I were kind of like, yeah, we'll fill it out. Like, see, see how we feel. And then, you know, make a decision when the series ended, it was such a like electric ending just because of how awesome of a game we had in mm-hmm. that game three. Like we were just so energized that we like, you know, one, one game, two and three games, two and three, and, um, we're able to win the series. And I think probably just riding a little bit of adrenaline maybe. So we were Push like, yeah, like seat. we got this, this drives like no problem. And then. <laughs> Within like probably forty five minutes, yeah. it was just like reality yeah. set in. We were oh, just like, no. "Oh gosh, like this is about to be a grind." Yeah, that was me and Kyle. I remember going when I went to Omaha with Kyle in twenty nineteen. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, ten and a half hour drive. That's gonna suck. But yeah. then I'm like sitting there, and I've been going for like two hours, and I see my Google Maps says like ETA is still like eight hours and fifteen minutes. I'm like, "We're we're doing this." Oh yeah, <laughs> like, oh yeah, no, no this joke. Is crazy, but uh, that's cool. Well, we loved having you around, Grant. It was a lot of fun. Um, seeing you right out of the gate, just be such a good leader. Jack and I mentioned that earlier, and uh, I think I think an early fan favorite, I'd say. Oh yeah, hundred percent. How could you not be? Come how on. could you not be? How could you not be? What the uh, what the family back home think of everything watching you play uh, and stuff like that on YouTube? It was cool because um, obviously I, I was back home, and we actually did. So my wife's family, we did Thanksgiving on Thursday, and then we went to my house and my family on Friday. So. We did that, and then we watched the World Series. So it was just cool watching it. Um, my parents kept saying multiple times, like, this is just so cool. This is so cool. <laughs> I mean, this done so well. It's like ESPN, you know. Uh, so it, it's 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 so neat. And I, the, it's crazy. I never realized just how many people would, like, message me, you know, just, like, just say, hey, congrats, congrats. Like, incredible season. And there's a bunch of people who did that. So um, shout out to all the fans because uh, you guys got a great following for MLW. So it's awesome. It's cool. Yeah, I would add to that. I mean, I even had people reaching out to me that said they were Eagles fans or from the profile where it was obvious that they were Eagles fans and they were still congratulating me. 
um, and the magic on, you know, winning the world series. So shout out to all you fans. Um, if I didn't get back to your Instagram DMS, I apologize, but I do appreciate the thanks. We appreciate the thanks. That's awesome. Well, Grant, anything else from you, Jack? That's all I had. Um, I guess I would just, uh, thank you personally, Grant for, you know, all your efforts this season. Um, all that you sacrificed from, you know, a personal standpoint to be at all of our events and, um, just giving it your all for the team. I couldn't, couldn't thank you more, man. Nope. Uh, Jack, thanks for taking me and, uh, Tommy, thanks for, uh, you know, working that deal with Jack, whatever you guys did in the background. Uh, I think it worked really well for me and Jack. So. Yeah, we'll see. Time will tell. Thank you. I, I, I am interested though. What, what is your thoughts now that we want it, Tommy? Are you like kicking yourself a bit? Like, are, are you, did it work out how you planned? Like what, what was your initial thoughts? I mean, when I look, think about it, it's like, okay, we obviously never would have expected I didn't even expect it when I was like, oh, we're going to claw for like a playoff spot. I mean, we, nobody knew what RJ was going to be. Didn't really know what AJ was going to be. We knew he was good from speaking with Baron, but like, what, what's your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, I don't want to ramble on for too long here, but of course, like Jack has said before, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? But I will say I really like the group that I have and I yeah. like the future with Preston and everything. And I just, I just enjoyed my time with those guys this summer. And I think that could continue in the future. So am I bummed we didn't win 100%? I thought we had the group to do it, and we fell short in the playoffs, as happened to, you know, five other teams in the postseason this year. But in terms of regret, it's I think it's too early to tell. You know, I, I, would, I would love to play alongside you, Grant. I really would. But in terms of uh, the future of the Mallards and just where I wanted it to go and to really build up a, a, a real future, Mm-hmm. I thought I still think it's the right move. So uh, we'll see how how time plays out. But I think you're right. I think that's what maybe some of the fans, you know, I, I like paying attention to Discord. Shout out to the Discord, but mm-hmm. uh, fans are so short sighted. I don't think they realize just how old. <laughs> I am. Like, I you know, I don't know how how long I'll actually be able to do this. So I don't think people uh, always put that into perspective. So. Um, I'm right there with you. Yeah, and I mean, you could look at it like, okay, well, I already had Robles. Like, this is when you should make the move to win it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You're trying to win. Let's make the move now to win it. But I'm also just thinking about the future of MLW and my team, and I just thought that Preston was the guy to, you know, try to build around a little bit in terms of the next, you know, five years or whatever it may be. So uh, I still like it. I really enjoyed the group I was with. I was just hanging out with uh, Matt Carlington and Brendan Davenport a couple weekends ago, and it's just... It was a fun group and uh, definitely made some great memories this summer together, but unfortunately just fell short in the end. So yeah. is what it is. I would have loved to see you in the Kelly green though. Can't lie. <laughs> maybe one day, maybe one day. No, maybe, shot. maybe one, I'm, I'm, no, that's great. No you shot. know what? I just mentioned it. Here's what's going to happen. Nothing. I would, I would give up oh, or I don't nothing know. you could give me. I'll, I'll figure out a way. I'll finagle something <laughs> where we, it's like the mids. I'll, it'll be at the deadline signing. We pick up Grant. And he's the final piece. Yeah. He's yeah, the final right. piece. <laughs> and people are like, you should have got them all off. That's what people will <laughs> say. But all right, Grant, we appreciate it. And like Jack said, your efforts all summer. Uh, it was really awesome. And the fans really liked watching you, meeting you and everything. So can't say enough positive stuff about you, brother. No, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Enjoy the rest of your Peace, week. Dude. Peace. All right. And with that, let's get into this week's comment of the week. And, Jack, I uh, I went the wholesome route this week. It felt right. I know we do some comedic ones from time to time. 
But uh, a lot of nice comments came through, a lot of wholesome ones reflecting on the season as a whole, this one being one of them. It reads, This was my first ever year watching MLW, and you guys have made me fall in love with the game of wiffle ball and helped me enjoy watching these videos and even helped me give me inspiration that led to me making my own league. Thank you guys so much for the incredible content you guys do. And even though it's sad to see this season over, I'm excited to see how next year goes. Thank you for that comment. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited too for next year. Um, this comment's awesome. This is why we, mm-hmm. this is why we play the games, as they say. This is why we do it. Um, you know, these type of interactions when we when we meet the fans in person and the the parents are just so grateful for you know the the type of um, media that we're putting out, the positive content that we're putting out for their kids, and to hear it from you guys like this is just. Um, it's kind of like the, I don't know if validation is the right word, but it just, it, it reminds us of why we're really doing it and why you guys started it in the first place, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the right word for it, but it definitely, uh, it gives it more purpose and it makes purpose, it more yeah, real, I guess. Definitely like, uh, after like going through all the stuff with SoFi and like making that all happen and the craziness of it and like doing it behind the scenes and then announcing it. Like I can remember when that SoFi uh, trailer came out last year announcing we were doing that. It was such a big mm-hmm. step for us as a league. Uh, like those comments were like, I'm not much of a comment guy. I have become more so the last like year or so because of this podcast and just being mm-hmm. more involved too. But I've never really wanted to go through to look for negative positives about myself and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, going through those comments for the SoFi trailer and this video and seeing stuff like this. Uh, you know, put a smile on your face. Makes mm-hmm. you feel good. So I appreciate all of the kind words in the comment section, DMs to Jack, other Magic players, hopefully other Eagles players too, um, Kyle and myself. Just this is always a cool time of the year when you do so much over the summer and it gets so chaotic and so hectic. And some days you just want to pull your hair out for stuff going wrong and just being so busy when you can't see family, friends, whatever it may be. Um, this is the time when you can look back and uh, appreciate just what we have and how thankful we are that you guys are uh, so invested in what we do. So, Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully I articulated that good enough. You did. That was great. That was fantastic. Me and Jack, we just talked about during that little break we had. Uh, we, we talk too much now. We've been making longer and it's longer too pods. It's too easy. It's, it's too easy. <laughs> it's too easy. But um, what's next for us? So next week, Kyle already said that he's down to hop onto the third microphone in the guest chair and uh, break down the highs and lows of the season, talk about, Whatever, ask him what he wants to talk about. We'll get some questions prepared for him, Jack. Mm-hmm. Um, we've also had many. Fa- I've had many fans DM me this year saying they want to come out in the off season. They want to come out in the off season. So uh, I'm sure a lot of you guys have feedback and thoughts on this World Series. Maybe some of you that were there or that watched it online. So we'll probably do like a 30 minute Kyle interview next week, and then we'll leave him down here with us, and then we'll try to get a couple of you guys on the show. So nice. Um, I'll put up a story on Instagram too. Make sure you guys follow us on Instagram. It's at Pipe It Up MLW. <laughs> But I'll probably accept some questions that were like pre-written in the DMs and maybe get a couple of you guys in here live on the Zoom call. So if you're interested in that, please send a DM to us on Instagram at MLW with why you want to be involved, but like the content of what you want to talk about. And then I'll pick and choose a couple of you guys who I think could add a cool discussion to the, to right the, on. To the table. Right on. That's a great so, idea, Tommy. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. So that'll be next week. And then... I think after that will be the Houston pod. I'm going to try to coordinate a group pod, hotel pod nice. round two. You guys love that one. So mm-hmm. hopefully we do that in Houston and then probably the Christmas special 3.0. And then we'll have love the Christmas special holiday break. So uh, fun times here in the pod world, even though the season is over, we're still chugging along here. 
But uh, Jack, thanks for treasure. Thanks for uh, trekking through the icy roads today. Probably wasn't an easy drive. Yeah, no, not too bad. Um, I know we're wrapping up here, and I apologize. It's been a long podcast. You just cost me a couple um, more minutes of sleep, Jack. It's fine. I, 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 uh, I would be upset if I didn't just go through a quick list of thank yous for oh, this break season. It down. Break it down. I'm all um, ears. Number one, I would just like to thank God for the opportunity to just be a part of this league and just all the blessings that he's been providing. Um, it's, it's not something that I take for granted, um, something I'm just extremely grateful for. I uh, want to thank my wife, Sarah, for allowing me to continue to be a part of this excellent organization. Um, a lot of people probably are like, why are you wasting your time playing in a <laughs> wiffle ball league? And, uh, and she's been nothing but supportive throughout. Um, I want to thank Kyle, Tommy, for um, just always just being a professional organization and class acts all around. Um, I want to thank my teammates again just for making this season so enjoyable. You guys are all great people, um, great athletes, great wiffle ball players. It was an absolute pleasure to, uh, to hoist that trophy with you guys. Um, special special shout out to all the other um family members and parents of um the teammates on my team specifically talking to you the Wallgates for driving RJ <laughs> consistently to all of our events traveling with him um literally without you guys uh this season would not have gone the way it was because RJ would have no way of getting to our series so special shout out to you guys um and shout out to, of course, all you fans out there, MLW fans, Magic fans. Um, we wouldn't be able to do this stuff without you guys. And uh, just want to make sure you guys know you are definitely appreciated. So hopefully I didn't leave anyone out, but um, I just need to get those thank yous in there. Well said, Jack. Well said. Remarkable way to end this podcast. Thank you guys for all tuning in. We'll be back next Tuesday with the commish. But for now... Drew Davis is currently rocking an elite mustache, far superior to what I had. We will see you all next week. This is what it's all about. It really is. And um, it's cool It's cool to see this, you know, I guess validation is a <laughs> word. Go, but go like this. You got a little oh, bat in the cage coming up. Other side, other side. Go to the, uh, oh, no, you almost had it. Oh, let me go to the bathroom. Go to the bathroom. <laughs> A little bat in the cave situation. A little free buggy action. <laughs> I'm hoping I didn't notice that too late, but I, I don't think it was there before.